What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Same Team, an LGBTQ sports podcast. How are you? I am your host. My name is Daniel Trainer. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your time. Today's episode is really fun. You know, I, I think one of the beauties of this podcast is the fact that everybody that comes on has a different story, a different perspective. All, all of the people that I've been fortunate enough to spend some time with on the show come from a different place and, and have a different experience. And, and the journey that they took to get to where they are now uh, is very unique. And, and today's guest speaks to that, I think. My guest is Alec Reitzel. Alec is a former collegiate swimmer and really proves that, you know, these stories come in all different shapes and sizes. Alec is from North Carolina, grew up very religious. We talk a lot about how that played into his life and his coming out process and, and in some ways kept him in the closet for a long time. Religion has become kind of a big topic on this show just in terms of how people who grow up in the church, grow up in religious families, sort of come to find themselves. And, and in the case of this show, the importance that sports really plays in that journey. So I really love chatting with Alec. I, I came to know his story via uh, an article that he wrote for Outsports detailing his coming out. I thought it was incredibly well-written, uh, very detailed, very honest, very emotional, and, and he's a very empathetic guy. I urge everybody who's listening to this uh, now or immediately afterward to go check out Alex's story because he, he writes beautifully about, about his journey, but he, he speaks about it very eloquently uh, here as well. I, I really enjoyed the conversation. It, it, you know, it, it speaks to so many things. Like I said, it speaks to the fact that everybody's journey is different and, and Alec can now look back and, and be very grateful for, for all the experiences that he went through, despite the fact that many of them weren't so easy. So we talk about that, we bond about that, and, and have some fun along the way. He's a really smart, funny guy, and, and I really appreciate him sharing his story on the podcast here, and I, I, I hope you appreciate it as well. I, I really do appreciate your time listening. Uh, it means a lot to me, and uh, it means a lot to Alec, I know as well, and I know that he's going to inspire many future generations. So this podcast is really fun, uh, really appreciated his time, and let's just get into it. I'll see you on the other side. Here's my Same Team one-on-one conversation with Alec Reitzel. I'm really excited that we're doing this because, um, you know, I, I have read your story and know about your story uh, at least a little bit based on what you wrote for Outsports, which was so great. Um, and I, I urge everybody who is listening to this to go... Um, read it because you know it, it's really great and you know we'll, we'll probably go into too much of it here but i thought you did such a great job writing that so i'm excited to get to uh to hear it from your mouth oh yeah thanks so much um yeah it was uh a journey i guess to say the least uh <laughs> but that yeah i mean i'm excited to you know talk more about it and yeah um, and yeah, whatever. I mean, so so let's start, you know, at the beginning and let's get to Outsports sort of at, at the end here, because it is such an interesting story and your life has been so interesting. You were born in South Carolina, right? I was actually born in North Carolina. In North. Um, so re 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So recently relocated, or just, you know, not recently, I guess it's been almost two years now that I've lived in South Carolina. Yeah, so walk me through your childhood in, in North Carolina. I was talking to a friend the other day about North Carolina, actually, and how much they like it and vacation there a lot. I've never really explored that part of the country at all. Uh, what was yeah. What was childhood like? Yeah, I'm actually from like the really boring part of North Carolina because I actually I have a lot of friends that also vacation there, but I think that they probably typically head to the mountains or the Outer Banks. So the mountains of North Carolina are awesome. The coast of North Carolina is awesome. Um, In the middle, other than Charlotte, not so great. Um, But I'm from Hickory, North Carolina. So that um, that even sounds like it's got some uh, some stories. Sure, of course. Yeah. Anytime anybody's like Hickory, they're like, oh. (laughs) Um, but the easiest way to describe its location is it's about, it's about in the middle of Charlotte and Asheville. So we're about an hour from Asheville, an hour from Charlotte. Um, so, you know, far enough away to where you don't get to see those places often growing up in Hickory. So Hickory's about all you get. Yeah. Um, but I mean, close, close enough to some big cities where at least you aren't, you know, like totally exiled. True, true. That's yeah. I mean, you know, we had running water and, you know, all of all of the modern day amenities. Um, But (laughs) but yeah, I think that um, childhood was childhood was good. I mean, I, uh, um, you know, growing up at least up until about the middle school times, um, you know, typical, I get I I I don't want to say Southern boy because that's what I try to steer clear from being stereotyped as, (laughs) but, you know, just grew up, um, doing, you know, different sports, uh, trying to figure out what I was good or not good at, um, going to church every Sunday, um, you know, knowing, and then growing up in Hickory, I knew everyone, um, everybody knows, everybody knows everybody there. So it's really hard to keep, um, secrets (laughs) (laughs) Uh and, uh, Uh, you know, I think that, um, but yeah, like childhood was fine. Um, you know, um, I mean, my parents are divorced now. Um, so that was something that, you know, like happened a little bit throughout childhood, you know, just like, when did that happen? Um, they divorced, I think officially in 2009, but it all started about 10 years before that. Oh, wow. It was a drawn (laughs) out process. Oh, yeah, they 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 drag it out. They you know they they tried. I'm um, sure the streets of Hickory were buzzing. Oh yeah, but honestly, that that was also the worst um, because like well, people I know. knew about. I, it. I can I, I can imagine being in in the middle of a family that is sort of dissolving in a small town is not the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but you know, I, I think that I, I'd like to say overall that I had like a pretty good childhood. I think that. Um, you know, I had both my parents, I know, loved me and, um, I had good friends and, um, you know, my mom managed a really popular mom and pop restaurant. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah. So got to, yeah, I started rolling silverware when I was like eight. Um, (laughs) did you just like, did you work there like your entire childhood? Yep. Started when I was 16 and was not officially done working there until I was um, almost 25. I mean, that's kind of nice, though, right? Or, or, or I mean, was it not? It was it was I, honestly I lo- like looking back on it now. I loved working there. 
Um, I made a ton of good friends working there. Um, I, you know, there's people that still work there that have known me since I was six. So when I do go back home, I always have to go there to eat. Um, what's the, what's the place called? It's called Backstreets, Backstreets Bar and Grill. Did your mom open it? No, um, she didn't over? open it, but she, yeah, she, she managed it from, I don't know, she started working there like maybe a year or two after it was open. And then she also um, worked there. I think she worked there for like 15 years. I'm looking up the um, menu right now. Oh, oh yeah, you should do it. It's in Hickory though, so there's probably some other ones. Uh, um, no, don't... I will tell you. Although I mean, I'm sure this is probably just Google listening to everything I say. I started typing yeah. in uh, Backstreets, like R E S, to type in a restaurant. It said Backstreets Restaurant, Hickory, North Carolina. That's it. So there you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. So uh, they've got good food. So this place is great. There, then. Yeah, it's it's awesome. They, um, you know, it used to be in like this terrible little building and then a big uh grocery store wanted to come in and take over part of that uh space and so they got an entire brand new building like like maybe 20 yards to the left uh paid for by by the the grocery store so nice um, nice nice yeah, so that was cool. But yeah, I'm anyway, looking, yeah, I'm looking at this is pretty good. I mean, I could get down on some of these salads. Yeah, the it's good food. The, the menu's all over the place. Oh, it's all over Some house-made meatloaf. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, let's... I'd stay away from that <laughs> one, but... <laughs> okay, I appreciate the honesty. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, you said that you were growing up sort of like a, a, a southern boy and, and not to sort of... But yeah, okay, <laughs> I mean, listen, you said it. But yeah, I, I did say it. So, so I, I mean, I'm wondering, was that something that you leaned into and really sort of felt like or was there a part of you that sort of felt like that's what you had to be and, and if you could sort of buy into the stereotype maybe people wouldn't be looking at you for for other reasons that's exactly why i did it um so i definitely was like okay well this is what everyone else is doing and i i like knew i mean as crazy as it sounds because i mean how much can you really know about yourself when you're like five but when I was five, I definitely knew I was different. I don't want to 100% say that I knew I was gay when I was five years old, but I yeah. definitely was like, whoa, I am not like, you know, these guys. And, um, how, you know, how as old I, are you now, Alec? I'm 27. I'll be 28 in May. Okay. May so, what? Yeah. 13th. Okay. I'm the 24th. Go on. Oh, nice. Taurus. Perfect. Um, <laughs> I'm a Gemini, baby. Oh, okay. So the... There's the gap. I, I know nothing. Um, I literally, I, one of the few things that I know nothing about. <laughs> uh, no, ast- uh, astrology. <laughs> I literally know nothing about astrology. I know my sign, and that's that's it. I couldn't tell you where any of the signs start or stop. Right. Yeah. Same. I know that I'm a Taurus, and I know that they're stubborn, and that fits me to a T. So okay. that's all I really need to know, I guess. <laughs> that's listen, um, Taurus through and through. Right, exactly. So, how, um, I mean, wh- how, wh- what are you doing to make yourself a, a Southern boy growing up? I mean, are, what, is that even, what does that even mean to you? I mean, honestly, like, as anything that I could do, you know, playing, you know, playing multiple sports, um, trying to make my voice sound different, you know, once I got to that age where everybody, you know, came back from, came back to school after the summer and their voices were like 10 times deeper than when they left and mine still sounded the same oh, yeah. so, for sure for uh, sure so so i was like okay well this is uh i was like we got to fix this so you know it was just you know 
I'm a huge talker. Um, I could talk to a literal wall. Um, and, uh, you know, so it was kind of changing everything about me, you know, cause it right. wasn't just trying to change my appearance or how I sounded. It was really changing parts of my personality, you know, when in certain situations I wouldn't talk as much. Um, I, I tried to, uh, you know, I, I mean, I tried to fit in with, you know, the, I, I tried to, you know, dive right into the popular crowd because I was like, you know, if I can get in with the popular kids, you know, maybe that'll, I'll be like, you know, that weird one that people are like, huh, why is he here? But how'd sure. You, how'd you, did it work? <laughs> um, I would say to an extent, um, middle school was really, really bad. That was that transition where, you know, everybody was, you know, just really fig- you know, middle school sucks. I mean, middle unless school, you, I'm- <laughs> middle school sucks for everybody. I think, I mean, yeah, maybe exactly. not the I think it's literally- popular kids, but maybe it does for them. I, I, truly wouldn't know i genuinely I, think it sucks for everyone i just think it's terrible yeah um, it's, it's, it's an awful time yeah and i think that that's middle school is really what like made my like childhood if you will take a turn um i think that that's when i started i you know my our setup down here is different than i think most places our middle school is seventh and eighth grade it that's doesn't what, include that's sixth. what it is here well in, in california oh, okay. in california it's like that but um, cause I went, that, that's what it was like for me. I went to middle school out here in California and it was seventh and eighth, but I, I, I do think you're right. I think most, most places are what, like six, seven, eight or right. Yeah. 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 Like my fiance's was like that. Like when I told him that mine was seventh and eighth, he was like, that literally doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's very um, strange. <laughs> so like sixth graders are so cool at my, we're so cool at my elementary school cause we had our own hall. Like oh my we were, God honestly didn't belong in the elementary school anymore so it was it was honestly awesome so to go from sixth grade like like that to seventh and eighth grade they you know all of the other elementary schools combine into this middle school um so everybody's trying to figure out you know their place you're separated from all of your friends that you've been around for however many years and um i was thrown i was actually we called them pods well i guess they were called teams but i always called it a pod and got in trouble for calling it a pod but <laughs> what a rebel uh, you were in i know i was wild um but i think that you know i i, I got put in a, a strange one yeah i in the sense of there were a lot of people from like the same two schools and only a couple of people from my school. Hmm. Um, So it was just a very strange like distribution of how they did that. I think a lot of it has to do with parents too, because they have a lot of say in who goes into what, because that's just how it works in a small town. (laughs) Not only in small town. I mean, I, you know, there's a lot going on with, with parents. I guess that was really dumb for me to say (laughs) with everything that's going on now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, listen, you could be Felicity Huffman in USC or you could be, you know, some parents in Hickory, North Carolina, of making sure your kids aren't getting into the wrong pod i mean it's all really right. the, it's all the i guess same, it's all really. it's all the same on yeah just different levels i yeah, guess different um levels, different perspectives yeah oh, man that's yeah that's not a fun situation to read about but oh, it's, um it's, it's <laughs> insane it's like frustrating but it's so <laughs> i know it, and it's like This shouldn't be the take. I mean, it's not my takeaway, and there are obviously bigger things and more important things to take away from it. But like, Felicity Huffman, like I know, I was, I I thought she was one of the good ones. Yeah, you know. And then you know, Lori Loft, Aunt Becky. I mean, how do? What are we supposed to think about Aunt Becky? What do I do with Aunt Becky (laughs) now? (laughs) You know. Uh, 
Yeah. So know, much but... of my childhood has just been ruined. And I do like just... to make myself the focus of these stories. Oh, of course. Because, you know, it's like, okay, they did this, but how is this going to make me feel? How will this affect me? <laughs> yeah. It is nice. I, I feel like I don't have to watch Fuller House now. Uh, yeah, which is... I didn't. I didn't actually. Um, but now I guess I definitely won't. I don't know. Cross that off my list. <laughs> right, yeah. I'll so, cross that so you're so you're in middle school, you're a southern boy, you're a little southern yeah. boy. <laughs> or whatever that is. Um, so what where are you in terms of uh your coming out process? If if you knew, like you said, when you were five and, and from a very er, from a very early age that something was different, when you're in middle school getting into high school, how does that start to play itself out? Yeah, I think that, you know, middle school was terrible and I was getting made fun of a lot. Um, I didn't get a lot of support from teachers or even the administration. Um, made so fun I, of because people knew um, that you weren't out. People, people could just oh, tell yeah. that you were they could gay, just, right? They could just tell. Um, I think that I, you know, and that's, and that's really what, you know, the more I started getting made fun of, the more I tried to change the way I dressed, the way I talked, the way I, you know, did anything. So, um I think that it was just, it was just this most, it was the most bizarre two years. Um, but that's when I started to get, um, better at swimming, mm -hmm. um, was my middle school years. And, uh, you know, going into high school, people knew that I was coming onto the team. Um, so I was able to kind of gain some traction with friends from not that the swim teams, like, I don't know, we were kind of like the biggest losers on campus, but, <laughs> uh, it was friends nonetheless. Uh, so that was right. something that was nice. Um, so the transition, you know, going into high school I was very afraid. I was like, it's, it's going to be just like middle school, but you know, four times worse because there's four times as many people. Right. Um, and I think that. It, it, it wasn't great, um, but that's when I really started to get, you know, better, like I said, better at swimming. So that was a folk, that was a main focus of mine. Um, and I had, you know, swim team friends. So that was good. And then um, I also started going to church a lot more. Um, yeah, you wrote like, about that, which I thought was which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, we're talking like three times a week at the height of it. Um, Why? I mean, was were you looking for some sort of like just structure some sort of stability like i talked to uh uh i think it was nick nick mccarville who's recently on this show talked about mm -hmm. being from a pretty religious family and and being from and you know and and when he was sort of going through his coming out process uh like gravitating towards religion more than ever because he wanted just some sort of stability when he sort of felt like everything else was crazy and, and even if it was maybe a place or 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 a, a group of people who might not be okay with who he was he just needed something to hold on to and so when he was sort of i i think the same age that you're talking about now when he was going through all this he like he he like magneted to to religion because mm -hmm. he just needed something yeah i think that the i mean that's i think that that's definitely a part of what it was for me i think that i was just gravitating towards anything that would accept me um and i was making friends through church to be honest i don't know if it was because their parents made them be friends with me or <laughs> what but you know i was making friends and you know these genuine friendships that i thought that you know i was building um and, you know, but I did, I went to a Southern Baptist church and it was, you know, like the hellfire and brimstone type thing. Like 
if you drink, you burn in hell. If you oh, no. watch pornography, you burn, burn in hell. If oh, you're gay, no. you burn in hell. And then, you know, like, and then I'm just like, uh, well, this isn't great. So it's <laughs> um, the Holy Trinity. Yeah. I was like, okay, um, what do we do? So, you know, honestly, I think that being a part of church, I was just like, you know, these things, you know, these things being, you know, people being gay, you know, is what happens to people and they have to decide if they are going to live that way or not. So, you know, for me, like freshman, sophomore in high school, I'm like, it is a total choice and I choose not to be. So that's when, you know, I really like kick it into high gear, um, you know, start having girlfriends, um, just, you know, again, completely changing the way that I carried myself um, in all aspects of life. So um, it, it really was sort of opposite for you then in the sense that you you were gravitating towards church and religion because you were just trying to completely shut away this part of you. Right. Yeah, I was I was not accepting it at all. I think that, um, you know, I don't I don't even know how old I was when I first told myself in my brain that was like, you're gay and you need to decide if you're going to let yourself be gay or right. not. But it was definitely later in life. Right. Um, I think that I was so, like I said, I was going to church three times a week. Um, I even somewhat discussed my struggles, I guess, um, in a way with mm -hmm. a couple of close friends that I had made, you know, um, not like right away, obviously, but, <laughs> um, you know, and I told them and then they were like, you know, I'll pray for you. We'll beat this, you know, that kind of thing. So that was the mentality. It was like, right. the mentality was, I guess, you know, if we're going to use a sports analogy, this is like, that's all, know, we, do is, that's all we do here. God forbid, do not <laughs> even think about using an analogy that is not sports related. You know, here's the the hurdle, the obstacle or whatever, and we're going to get over it. You sure. know, we're going to figure out how we can do this. And so, you know, I just, I, you know, I, I was, okay, sure. You know, these are my best friends, you know, right. um, outside of swimming. So let's just, let's do it. You know, let's figure it out. Um, and... I think as I, you could definitely tell as I started to get older, you know, like I entered my junior year of high school, I start, you know, drinking and hanging out with like, you know, again, like, okay, you were cool. not necessarily, I was so cool, you know, had like, you know, the green schnapps or whatever and uh, refilled it with, refilled it with water and food coloring. You know, I really lived up my high school years. Um, you were living the dream. <laughs> But, you know, obviously my church friends were not a part of that crowd. So now I've got now I kind of have this like. So you're drink, mesh. Are you drinking with your swimming friends? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> so you, got, like, uh, your, you got your like swimming friends who like maybe yeah. you're drinking schnapps with and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you have like your church friends who would be very against that. You're living this like very double life. Yeah, I guess, but not, you know, not even that exciting one. It yeah. Was just, <laughs> as, uh, as somebody who, I, I mean, I grew up I, I, not in a religious family, but like for most of my life went to church like every Sunday for the most, mm -hmm. for the most part until I got to a certain age. Um, so I get, I get that. What are you doing the other two days of the week? Like, are you just like hanging out? Are there services um, the worst yeah, so like that's ever been. No, asked? it's no, it's not because it's the most confusing to say I'm you went to church. I'm just like envisioning you walking in, like, hey, anybody here? Like, <laughs> yeah, hey, are we good? No, but so Sunday morning was Sunday school and uh, 
oh my, this is terrible, but uh, worship. <laughs> so, so we, the, obviously I go to church a lot still, but um, you're, you know, that. And then Sunday night was like our Sunday night small groups. So, you know, I was in like the high school guy small group. Wait, so you, <laughs> where, do you, you go home in between? Yeah, go home and have lunch typically with the church people, go over to whoever's watching whatever football game or basketball game that's on okay, all right. and go over to their house. We eat, we go to church and we do, we do it all. So something, I mean, my Sundays were spent with church people from like sunup sun to sundown. Wow. Um, okay. And then Wednesday night was youth group. So that's when, you know, we get, you know, together and have like, I always call it rock band for Jesus. Um, and then, uh, and you know, that thing. And then I did a little yeah. bit of, I did that. I did a little bit of that, like maybe like eighth grade freshman year of high school. I think sure. for, for a little bit of time, one random weeknight, I would go to like the Catholic, like Catholic, the Catholic church that we mm -hmm. would go to. And just like, I don't even remember what we would do, but I remember I didn't hate going because all the popular kids went. So it was yeah. like, I felt like it I was maybe making some ins with them. Cause like, it's that <laughs> weird thing. I, and I guess this probably happens everywhere, but like maybe in North Carolina. And also I'm talking about being in orange County, California, where it's like uh, also can be as strange and weird and, and whatever. Sure. Like I, uh, the popular kids always seem to be really religious of course. Yeah. Um, and, and that's I, like, I didn't, yeah, really it was like your aim profile that. is like loves Jesus and her boyfriend of two days. And then, you oh, know, like yeah. everything's, you know, and, uh, yeah. So it, this, this also sounds terrible, but Please, my, the youth group terrible, is, the better. <laughs> my youth group, like, especially felt very culty, like, um, you know, like handing out flyers at school, telling people to come to youth group oh, and God. like, and then, yeah. And then, you know, like just telling everybody that all the cool kids are coming to youth group, we're going to have pizza and I know. soda they, and listen, bands. That is, I know. Looking back, that is the thing that is so sort of like messed up. It's like, you're like, yeah, come to this thing at church. Like there's going to be free food. It's going to be so much fun. You can like have some soda. It's like they rope <laughs> you in with like pizza and Pepsi. Yeah. And then yeah, they're like, exactly. okay, now we're going to talk about Jesus for two hours. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Right. at least I have like a slice of pizza. Right. You're like, now I can, uh, now I can listen to how I'm going to burn in hell. And like, um, also, what else <laughs> am I going to do? Like, I, I don't know. It just, I know. I think that's how we always phrase it too. We're like, you're not doing anything else on a Wednesday night. Don't do your homework. Come to church. Well, <laughs> and not to sound like such an old fogey, but like, I'm, you know, I'm 30. I'm a little bit older than you, but it's sort of the same thing where it's like, this is before, like, I didn't have a cell phone. Like, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah exactly. I just sort of went home and, like, watched TV or just, like, I don't know. Yeah, we didn't have, know. like, Netflix. We didn't have Netflix or we didn't no, have, I didn't like, have like, like thing, so. Like, yeah, I don't have, like, an iPad or, like, a computer. Right. Or, like, you know, it's whatever. It's, like, we go home and hang out. So, it's, like, yeah, I guess I'll, like, go sit with the popular kids and, like, hear about Jesus for a while. I will say I um, stopped going to this church and also, like, the youth group or whatever it was called because the guy in charge of it uh, – it was found it was uh, molesting people. Oh, wow. That's, I mean, this sounds all, I mean, that's unsurprising, I guess, in yeah. this day and time. Yeah, but, the yeah. Catholic Church, not so great. Uh, yeah, my fian my fiance's family is very Catholic. He went to oh. Catholic school his entire life. So Interesting. Okay, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. <laughs>
So you're in high school, you're going mm-hmm. to church three days a week, you're swimming. Yeah. At what point do you realize that like you're actually a very good swimmer and, and are going to keep swimming? Yeah, I that that's where like the story gets interesting too. I was I oh, was I'm like already I, it's already interesting to me. I wasn't I I don't want to say I was great ever um because I just I swam D2. <laughs> hey, <laughs> but listen, I can't swim. So, <laughs> so um <laughs> Wait, like actually or I don't know. It's funny. I was listening to I think I was listening to another podcast on my drive home from work today. And just coincidentally, they were talking about swimming, which I thought was funny. And they were like, oh, like, I don't know how to swim. And then in my head, I was like, do I know how to swim? Like, I've never had swimming lessons. But like, you can float, right? I can float. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then that's fine. I thought you meant like, if I put you in a body of water, you would just sink. Well, listen, (laughs) please don't. Uh, And also, I I don't know. I I truly don't. I think I could hold my own, but like, I, yeah, like I can't, I don't know how to swim. Anyway. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. Being a D, I mean, yeah. I mean, I avoid bodies of water, but, uh, but I mean, being a D2 swimmer is like, that's, that's pretty exciting and pretty great. Yeah. I mean, and so when I was my freshman and sophomore year, especially, I mean, that was when I was good. Um, I mean, I remember a college coach approached my coach when I was a freshman in high school and said, you know, we're keeping an eye on him. And then my coach told me that. And then I felt this like enormous amount of pressure, mm-hmm. um, at, at 14. Um, I was like college, you know, I don't, I can't even drive a car. Um, and then, you know, but I was, but I was like, well, that's great. I'm, you know, I'm good at something people, you know, will like me because of this. And, right, um, right. as if, as if, you know, everybody loves the swimmer, <laughs> like, you know, it's not like the high school quarterback. Like I thought I was cool. Cause I was a swimmer. Like but, swimmers, um, swimmers. I think it's swim- gotten, it's gotten like a lot better ever since like Michael Phelps and like all of the things that he's done, you know, yeah. um, and then all of the swimmers, you know, all of the Olympians and, you know, the things that they've done. And it's yeah, definitely Ryan Lochte maybe sort of turned things in the opposite direction. Yeah, we bit, avoid but... we avoid talking about that one. He's all he's like lives in Charlotte now. And we see him randomly. When really? We're back home. He yeah. lives in Charlotte. Just like he was on Celebrity Big Brother. Right. Or I think. Yeah, I, he honestly might not live in Charlotte anymore. I'm fairly certain he is there he still. But um but yeah, he's we, he's the one that we I think that we just try not to talk about. <laughs> I just remember the height the the swimmers in my high school were always wet, and I was like, do yep, you not dry always. off? Like no, they would show you just, up to class. You like wet. you just don't care anymore. Yeah, I mean you just don't care. Okay. <laughs> like you, you get to a point when you're just like, I don't care. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm doing this twice a day every day. I'm just gonna be wet. Okay, so, um, so you're you're great your freshman year. You're getting some looks and and some potential offers. And then what what happens the rest of the way? So I had my appendix removed my sophomore year, yes. and I say that that was like the downfall of my swimming career. Um, I didn't. I'll say I, this might be the first time I've ever admitted this. I will say that I milked it a little bit too much. Um, oh, really? I was out of the pool for like a month, and I think that I was technically allowed to like get back in like two weeks prior to that. Um, and so it was like the first time in years that I'd had any time off of swimming. And I was just like, I, I definitely milked it a little bit. Right. Um, but why, I, why? you just, you just didn't, I think I was just, bur- I think I was just, just yeah, out? I think I was just burnt out. Um, I think that, you know, I had gone through those conversations with my parents about really wanting to quit. 
Um, I didn't feel like I had a life outside of swimming in church, which I literally didn't, I guess. But, um, and so I picked up tennis because, um, I just really like was obsessed with like watching tennis on TV weirdly and, uh, picked up tennis, went out for the high school tennis team and ended up focusing on tennis for the rest of high school. I still swam for my high school team Mm -hmm. and I actually, I actually ended up quitting my club team. Um, so the last, I guess my senior year, I just swam and played tennis for the high school teams. So swimming, um, so swimming, it, it, was it just something you sort of got into and were doing because you were good at it? Not necessarily because you really loved doing it. Yeah, I, I think a little bit. Um, I think that I, I figured out that I was really bad at anything like soccer or basketball or football, like any of those that require like a significant amount of hand-eye coordination and maybe some like hand-eye coordination that isn't that all tennis is it is but i feel like i don't know for me it was a little bit different i think tennis like i don't know maybe i just got lucky and picked that up but i mean i was always so bad at like i think i you know was the kid who would strike out in t-ball which it's like how do you do that um (laughs) found a way (laughs) yeah so i mean that's i think it was just finding that's you know something that i was good at um and do you still play tennis I do. I'm in a league down here. Nice. Um, <laughs> I love that. I'm a, I'm a big tennis guy myself. I don't play yeah. uh, nearly as much uh, as I wish I did anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't play ever. Um, but right. I, yeah, I, I, I never played like uh, in high school or in any sort of league or anything, just recreationally. But I uh, I love tennis. I'm a big tennis fan. Yeah, it's too. fun. It's a it's a good like lifelong sport too. You always see like old people out there doing it. it makes me happy. Oh, for sure. Um. So, so, I mean, so you're playing tennis, you're swimming and you're going to church all the time. You have (laughs) no time conveniently to think about your sexuality. Not at all. So Um, maybe that, so maybe, you know, maybe that was was subconscious or maybe it wasn't. No, I think it really was. I think that the more I put on my plate and the more I was able to not be alone with my thoughts, um, was the better, you know, like, um, I think that, I, I mean, like, I still remember times when I would like. I mean, this, this sounds crazy. I would go like two weeks without thinking about being gay. And I would look at that as like an accomplishment. Mm. Um, and I would be like, yeah, two weeks, let's go for a month or, you know, let's do this. And, um, so it really, I mean, I push, I, I, I feel like I ventured so deep into the closet that, you know, like at one point, you know, an outsider would have like wondered how I ever made it out. Like, um, right. I think that, you know, And, you know, I, so, you know, we go from, you know, swim season to tennis season and I, you know, I'm making friends from those things. And then it's all of a sudden time to think about college. And, um, I decide that I don't want to swim or play tennis in college at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was like, I am going to, you know, (laughs) spread my wings and I'm going to go to a college where nobody else from my high school is going. Yes. Um, most of them tended drifted to like Appalachian state, you know, Chapel Hill, NC state, UNC Charlotte. Like they all stayed in like that little, you know, area. Sure. Um, and I was like, no, I'm going to go wild. And I, uh, randomly chose the university of Tennessee. Um, a lot of people don't even know that about me because I was there for such a little amount of time, but, um, how, how, long, I, how long were you there? one semester. Um, that is pretty much (laughs) as short as it gets. Yeah. And, uh, my, the only connection I had to there was my, 
I guess he's my second cousin by marriage. Um, no, that's not where is, I thought you were going with that. I thought you were like some, the only connection I had with this guy I met on no, MySpace. No, no, not that, not, yeah, nothing exciting like that. Uh, the only connection I had there was, um, so my second cousin, I guess, he was the quarterback there prior to Peyton Manning. Oh, okay. Um, and he was like runner up for the heights and, and then went on wait, to the who, NFL. Wait, who, I'm blanking who his name's Heath Schuler. Okay. Um, he's, he went on, he, he was like, not, I don't know how much he did in the NFL, but he went on to be like a, I think he's a, a congressman now or something. Jesus. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, he definitely was in office at some first at some point, but I don't know if he's still, okay. um, but yeah, so that was literally the only connection. Um, I chose it out of nowhere, went and visited and was <laughs> my mom actually mortified i looked like when they when i first heard rocky top being played while i was there because i was just like wow this is literally so country and this is not you know like me but of course playing along with you know what i thought i who who i thought i was and what i thought i wanted i was like yeah country you know christians pretty girls they'll definitely want to date me no <laughs> um and uh, so i was so you know i went i went in on it and i um and i hated it um i well i won't say that i i made great friends who are still some of my best friends um that live there um i had to throw that in there in case they listen yeah, <laughs> but i hope they are thank they, you so much Yes. Um, but they are amazing. They're going to be in like my wedding party. So, I mean, they're great people. Um, but other than that, I hated it. I, I mean, um, it it sounds like you're just kind of like running away, right? I mean, you're trying to go someplace running away from my problems. Are you, are you, is part of the motivation because you want to explore your sexuality away from anybody that you've ever met? Or is that not even part of, of the process? I think that deep down I wanted that to be part of the process. And then I was just, and then I just got way too scared. Um, I was, I was, it was just, it wasn't, I just wasn't in a good place. Um, and like mentally, uh, and so I really hated my roommate. Um, we did not get along. He was in a fraternity and, um, his, I, yeah, his fraternity brothers would like say stuff about me. Uh, Yeah. I know. And I was like, wow, is this still happening? We're like 19. Um, well, and also but, like how, how depressing to think that like, you know, maybe you're like going to college where you're going to be around some like-minded people who might be a little right. bit more progressive and smart about these things. And then that sure. to deal with that as your roommate must've been very, uh, sad. It, it wasn't great. I, yeah, it wasn't great, but I did, I was able to meet some very, you know, like-minded people that like okay, my friends that I was it. talking about be in your wedding party. You're in the clear. <laughs> yeah. But they, um, you know, I, but I made my decision to transfer actually very early on. Um, I was going to transfer to Appalachian state, which was, which is in boom, which is like 45 minutes from home. So I was like, this is it. This is going to be me. You know, I am going to be a hippie mountain boy. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just was all over the place. Um, sure. Everybody has that phase. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants to be a hippie. Um, and, uh, so I'm home for, I think Christmas break 
and I go and see my old club swimming coach. And he talks to me about how they're starting a boys team at the local university. So where I ended up transferring to school, um, they're starting a, a boys team there. And um, he was like, I heard that you want to, like I said, nothing is a, a secret in Hickory. He already knew I was planning to transfer. Um, and he said, if you would like to come here and swim, I'd give you a spot. And I was like, I was like, what? No, I, I hate swimming. I haven't swum, you know, at this point I haven't swum in like nine months, you know, yeah. swam. Uh, and I may have just said that grammatically incorrect, but, uh, um, I think you, did, but you know, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I go, uh, and I talk to my mom and I'm like, yeah, I totally want to transfer back home and live at home and swim. And are they excited uh, about this? Um, I think that my mom was a little hesitant at first just because she knew, like, my relationship with swimming. And she was, you know, a little confused. But I was ready to get back in it. And I also got right back into church, the same church, because I was back home. Um, So I'm back at church. I'm going to this um, tiny private school and living at home. So, you know, complete 180 from where I thought I would have been. Um, yeah, but, but, you know, honestly, I wouldn't take like back that decision to transfer for anything. Cause because of where it led me later, um, you know, so, but I was swimming and I started to get good again. I was getting back into shape and I, you know, I really enjoyed the swimming aspect of it. I thought being on a college team was such a cool experience. Um, the guys and the girls teams practice together cause we only had one pool and, you know, mm-hmm. very limited space. So that was cool. Um, you know, just meeting, you know, all these new people, um, and being a part of something so new to the school as well was cool. Um, uh, and they brought in the men and women's lacrosse team, I think the same year as the men's swimming team. So that I I actually became pretty good friends with a bunch of lacrosse players, just meeting them. Yeah. You're getting on the ground level. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, I ended up getting, Um, my junior year, I ended up getting pretty good, I guess. Um, I got a couple of national cuts and was, you know, ready to actually, you know, actually make it to nationals based off my times, my senior year. Um, and all throughout all of this, I'm trying to date girls. I'm trying to be, you know, as straight as I could try to be, I guess. And, um, now when you say trying to date girls, (laughs) Oh, it wasn't trying. I dated girls. I had lots of girlfriends. Like, what's your <laughs> what was your long longest term relationship with a girl? Oh, I would only let it get to like three months before I would cut the cord. Okay, all right, interesting. <laughs> also, just for the record, Heath Schuler was a state representative for the state of North Carolina from 2007 to 2013. And hey, Heath, he was a Democrat. I know. That's I apo- my liberal side of the family. It's I, crazy. I apologize to Mr. Schuler and all other, uh, I don't know, college football players at Tennessee who I pigeonholed and assumed that this backup, that this, not backup, that this quarterback at Tennessee would be some staunch Republican. I apologize to Mr. Schuler. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. It's, it's really surprising to look at That's that. great. I'm, yeah, he sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so, you know, you, you're dating girls. What are you, are you like having sex? Is that too much to ask? Oh, no, it's not. Um, yeah, I was. Um, How was yeah, that I mean, for you? <laughs> um, it was, uh, I mean, I don't know. It was interesting, I guess. Sure. I, I mean, like, 
I mean, I, to be honest, I think that, you know, just through all of that, I just kept telling myself this, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to do. Like it almost, when when you're a senior in college, have you gotten to the point yet where you know, where you've, you've told yourself, right? Have have you told yourself I'm gay, but I, I, I'm not going to acknowledge that. Are you still trying to reckon with the fact that it's not true? Yeah. So junior, senior year, I finally am like, let's get real here. (laughs) You know, like you're, you're gay. You like guys. And, um, I think that I, that was, you know, when I would random, I don't even know how I would even talk because this was like prior to, or at least prior to my knowledge of any dating apps. Um, yeah. Like what year is this? 2012, 2011, 2012. So these dating apps may have stuff's around in 2012. Oh, stuff's around, but I am so, like I said, deep in the closet. I have no idea about anything. Um, I, you know, I don't have any gay friends. I don't have any, you know, anybody leading me to the whatever, but I I do remember like, yeah, I do remember coming into contact with like guys and like we would text and then I would freak out and like block their number and, you know, be like, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I, and then, you know, but yeah, that started happening junior, senior year, um, senior year. I finally told myself, I was like, let's just try not to date a girl. (laughs) Let's just, let's steer clear from there. Um, yeah. And then I, so I'm coming into senior year, start practicing and start having a ton of back pain. Um, that was like kind of held over from my junior, like from my junior year, but I thought I'd gotten over it. And so they finally like diagnosed the issue and they're like, you have to have surgery, um, to, you know, if you ever want to, you know, be out of pain. Um, and, and so they were like, we need to get, they were like, we'd like to go ahead and get it done, um, as soon as possible. And, uh, so they actually, I was, I just remember, I'll always remember this because I was in there cause we were discussing doing it, you know, it was like right before Christmas and they were like, we're going to do it over spring break, you know, so you have some time, whatever. Right. And so we had just started Christmas break and they're like, I, it was a Tuesday and then the doctor walks out and I hear the word Friday pop out and he comes in. He's like, can you do it Friday? So literally I went Tuesday to, and then Friday I had the surgery. Wow. Um, I always remember that it was December 21st, 2012. Cause that was when the world was supposed to end. Oh, um, right. So I was like, I will be in the safest place. Probably you can be, which is a hospital. When, I would have <laughs> been like, can we just hold off a day? Cause I might just die that day. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Honestly, that probably been a decent thing to suggest. Like, just can we waste yeah. all this time? <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so the surgery itself was mainly done by a surgeon and a computer. It was, um, a fusion surgery. Um, they, I tore sure. some like, yeah, I tore some ligaments down on some joint. I don't even know how to describe it. Um, and they basically, I have three pieces of titanium that are holding that joint together. Wow. Um, so, and uh, the surgery itself was only, I don't know, like a few hours. It wasn't anything crazy. Um, but the recovery was terrible. Um, I was like, because it was on a joint, I couldn't walk for, I think, like three months. Um <laughs> And I was like bedridden for like the first two weeks. Um, 
And so that, you know, like I, I think I wrote about this a little bit in my the article, but that two week time period is what truly like led me to being like to to feel like the ability to say, hey, you're gay and you are going to be gay. Yeah. Um, Why? I think just like I said, you know, I, I had the most amount of free time that I've ever had. It was Christmas break. So I had no, you know, class or schoolwork or anything to worry about. I wasn't swimming. I wasn't going to church because I couldn't walk. Um, and you know, so I was literally just in my bed, just laying there. Um, again, like, are you like watching movies? Are you, yeah, I was just like watching DVDs. I think this was maybe again, I think I was really, really behind the technology times. This may have been prior to streaming, for Netflix, or at least prior to me knowing about streaming for Netflix, but yeah, so I watched I a think, lot of. DVDs. I think it, yeah, I think it probably was. You're you're close, yeah. but yeah, I think I think I was still getting DVDs in the mail. Yeah, and so just yeah, lots of DVDs, tons of DVDs, just watching movies over and and then not being able to eat anything because uh, my pain medication like upset my stomach. Um, but. Uh, you know, I think that just being able to lay there is, and just like, you know, eventually I'm watching movies that I'm not even paying attention to. And I think just sitting there really thinking about what's next, because it was my senior year, swimming was over. Um, I, you know, I had no idea like what I wanted to do. Um, and, and so I was like, I really need to figure out like the next stage of my life, but I also need to figure out like who I want to be in that stage. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, it ended up, I remember going, my mom and I went on a cruise for like my college graduation and, um, I could walk by it then, by the way, but <laughs> I was going to say being um, on a cruise, not being able to walk sounds like the most <laughs> miserable experience I can imagine. Yeah. So I am, and she keeps pointing out this girl that she wants oh, me to go no. talk to. And I'm just like, I literally couldn't think of anything worse than talking to this girl. Um, <laughs> right. The girl was beautiful. Girl was beautiful. Um, and so, of course, I don't know if you've ever been on a cruise, but you kind of have I like a, you sit in the same area for dinner, I think, like every single night. Um, okay. So the last night that we were there, like the last night we were on the boat, for some reason they moved us and we sit right beside this girl. Oh man, and I'm talking must've been so excited. Oh, so excited. She started a conversation. Um, the girl went to the university of Tennessee. So of course oh, we had to talk God. all about that. And I was just like, this is a nightmare for me. Like, I was like, I can't <laughs> it's like, yeah. she's, I, I was like, I like want to compliment her hair and her dress. <laughs> like, I don't want to like date her. Um, but I would have really appreciated that, but, I know. I really wish I, I should have just said that, but, um, but yeah, so I can't, we came home and I just remember one night, um, pacing our house for like two hours, um, just like being so weird. Um, and then I finally, I think my mom was baking a cake and I, um, walked into the kitchen and I literally just said, Hey, and then I didn't say anything for, honestly, it was probably like 20 seconds, but it felt like 10 minutes. Sure. Um, and I just, and then fine. And then she starts crying before I <gasps> say anything, probably because she thought I was going to like tell her I killed someone or something <laughs> like, um, and then I say I'm gay and then she starts crying more and it's, um, my brother comes home and she like, 
I think, I don't know if she made me tell him or asked me to tell him, but I told him and then he was like, duh. (laughs) (laughs) But my mom is like totally floored. Um, Really? So she, she had no idea? No clue. And so I was just, and then so she was, she was good about it. And then I think that they, I think she, which very normal would go on like a roller coaster of emotions. Um, you know, one day I think it would, it would sit with her. Okay. And then another day it wouldn't. And that is just because of the religious upbringing that she had and that, that I also had, um, again, very Southern Baptist, you know, like you're going to burn in hell if you're gay. Um, but how nice on that night when you tell her that you guys had a cake, we yeah well I think she was baking it for like another person so I don't even think we got to eat that she but um she didn't put a rainbow on top of it and nope it, uh, no it <laughs> not exactly but um yeah so you know I think I I tell I think I told a couple of my friends from Tennessee and I told a friend that was home um like staying in Hickory over the summer but I didn't tell anyone else um I didn't have like this big coming out moment um you know i guess like i thought i would and i kind of freak out um i actually went on a date with a guy um i think he told me like i wasn't masculine enough or something for him so i was like oh okay so we got into that side real early um yeah but that so that i don't know i think i just freaked out um i don't think that i got the response that i really was hoping for from like my family yeah. Um, and then like, I, I just freaked out. So I was like, you know what? I'm not gay. I'm not going to be gay. Um, you I'm bi- back in the closet. I went back in the closet. I like told myself I was bisexual, which I, so I kind of went through like that little, you're um, doing thing. everything in the opposite order. Oh, complete opposite order. Um, like nothing. So, I mean, like even when I was in the closet, I never had ever talked to a guy, Um, you know, I had never really done anything at all. And, uh, so I went back in the closet. I actually got a girlfriend. (laughs) Uh, yeah, she is actually a lesbian and is married now. So honestly, I know, is that not the crazy, like everything truly does come full circle. (laughs) I love that. I mean, so when you start, when you start dating a girl again, what, what, Mm -hmm. what is your family thinking? Um, so my brother, psych, I'm just kidding. I think my mom was excited because I don't think that she was at a part, a point in her life where she could truly accept me being gay. So I think it it eased something for her, mm-hmm. um, which made things easier for me. So I, I dated this girl for a few months um, and then broke up with her out of nowhere because I was like, you are gay. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and then, but of course, but I'm not telling anyone. I think I like tried to come out to a couple of friends and say I was bisexual, but I just like pivoted anytime that we would like talk about it. Um, and, uh, so I was feeling very like lost. Um, and you know, just at at this point where I was like, you're literally, you know, almost 23 years old. How, (laughs) how have you not figured this out yet? Um, and, uh, that's when I decided to actually do something and I, uh, apply, I was in grad school. Um, so I applied for an internship in Florence, Italy, and, um, I got like into the program, even though I was in grad school, cause I was kind of like, do grad students study abroad? <laughs> um, yeah. and, and, uh, so it was, yeah, I mean, so 
I, I don't, and that's what kind of like I said, why I would never regret transferring because I don't think that I would have ended up in Europe had I not transferred to LR just because I think that that wouldn't have, you know, been the path that I went down. I could be wrong. Yeah. But, also, um, where, what, just for the record, I, I know, cause I've, I, I know your story a little bit, but at what, where did you transfer to? I don't even know if you said the name of the school. Oh, wow. I, yeah. Uh, Lenore Ryan university. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, it's record. a small, yeah, small school um, in Hickory. It's getting bigger. I don't know. They have like other campuses now, but um, it's uh, so I also went there for grad school. Um, I while I was recovering from my injury, I met with the athletic director and they agreed to um, make me the first graduate assistant for the swim teams. Um, so I was in grad school. What are you, what are you studying? What? Um, <laughs> I didn't like decide what grad program I wanted to be in until like almost all the way through my first year of grad school. So I only took electives. I was taking like all okay. these random electives that could have filtered into like three different grad programs. So Got I was it. literally not, I wasn't doing anything. Just I mean, keeping honestly. Your options open as uh, yeah. it sounds like you'd like to do it in multiple areas of your life. I guess so. Um, I, but I had a hard time making decisions uh, back in that part of my life, but well, sure, but yeah. also like going making the decision to go to Europe is a pretty big decision to make, right? Yeah. So this is you know this is big in my opinion. You know, I yeah, think a of lot course. of a lot of people at the restaurant are like, "Oh, you're never gonna make it. You couldn't make it at Tennessee. How are you gonna the make people it in at Europe? Backstreets? Yeah, the people at Backstreets, man. No, they they just they cared about me, and I think they were just afraid that I was gonna go over there and hate it and want to come back. Um, and, uh, I, but, you know, I went over there and it was the, you know, best experience of my life. Um, I think a lot of people think that I had some like European, like Lizzie and Paolo with the better ending <laughs> relationship. <laughs> uh, but I, I didn't actually, I had like a small fling with a girl. <laughs> um, but we're, we're still, we're still doing the girl thing even in Europe. <laughs> Yeah, just for a little bit. Um, there were no wait. Where where would you go in Europe? I lived in Florence, um, and that's where my internship was. But I was able to travel a lot, um, so I was all over. But um, you weren't but, taking advantage of these European men. Nope, <laughs> can't say that I was. Listen, no, that's listen, that's fine. I'm just, I mean, yeah. it's probably for it's the best. You could focus on what you were really there to do. True, true. Um, and uh, but honestly, it ended up being such an incredible experience. I think that I was surrounded by, I mean, I'm I'm not saying that people don't, but I think that most of the people who decide to study abroad are pretty open-minded people anyway. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I don't think that you find that kind of like closed-mindedness when you decide to live in a foreign country. Um, and I was there for a little over three months, um, and I made some amazing friends. Um, and so I just finally was like, maybe just try to like talk to them. Like if they hate you, you never see them again. I don't know. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's sort of the perfect situation because it's this sort of little microcosm of, of a community. You're sort of far away from home. I mean, it's like, why not sort of test exactly. the waters here? Yeah. So I just started telling people that I was gay and some of their reactions were just so funny. They were like, duh. Or they were like, <laughs> they were like, I remember one guy was like, Alec, we know I just really want to decide where we're going to dinner. <laughs> like, you know, it was literally like so out of sight, out of mind to them that right. I was just like, wow, this is how like 
it could be. How it can be, right. Um, and uh, so I decided, you know, like I, I just told myself uh, when I like towards the end of my trip, I was like, you're going to come home and you're going to you're going to come out to, and, you know, you're going to say you're gay, um, which is what I did. I came home. You know, I kind of told my mom, I was like, I'm gay. I've always been gay. I'll always be gay. Um, and it was a little difficult at first for her. But now, I mean, my mom's done. A, I mean, she is the world's biggest advocate oh, for the community. Um, she's in Facebook groups with other moms. And she, um, you know, I helped start a PFLAG chapter, um, you know, just doing oh, that's everything. Amazing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. Um, so, you know, I had my full support from my mom. Um, my dad didn't care. Um, and, you know, I told the people that I wanted to tell, and then I just kind of left it at that. And then, um, yeah, uh, you know, I was, a I was still, I was in my last year of grad school, so I was still a coach. So I had to be, I needed to be somewhat smart. I did go to a Lutheran college. Um, so I think that, but Lutherans are kind of liberal. I don't know. Um, and yeah. they, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, other than, you know, you know, treading carefully one in, you know, who I told or who I didn't tell. Um, yeah, I just kind of, you know, I started dating. I discovered Tinder. <laughs> um, is that, is that how you met your, uh, your current fiance? That is how we met, actually. We're a Tinder success story. Um, I just went to I was at a wedding uh, this past weekend in Chicago that was not Tinder, but I th or was it? I think it was, actually. I don't know. There's so many now. I know. Um, yeah, I know. I think, you know, I think it actually was uh, Tinder. Colin, if you're listening, let me know. Beautiful wedding. Thank you for the invite. Um, yeah, so that's great. So, yeah, so you're you're free to sort of put yourself out there a little yeah. bit did you did did you start dating at all like how quickly after this process did you meet your your fiance um let's see I, i'd say like uh almost two years um give or take maybe maybe more like a year and a half it just depends um because i went back to europe um for like another four months um i went back and worked for a company that i traveled with while i was there the first time um so, but yeah, I was dating. Um, I was, you know, meeting, I was, I would, you know, I was, as I would go to Charlotte to visit my friends on the weekends and we'd go to the gay bar to the gay bar. I would, um, you know, try, you know, I just went on, I think, I don't, I wouldn't say I was a serial dater by any means, but like, I yeah. definitely, you know, I, I had been doing, you know, I hadn't gone on any dates with guys for 23 years. So I had to make up for lost time. Um, but I think that it it was a good experience. I mean, being able to, you know, kind of still live at home for that last year of grad school, but then also have be able to be, you know, like completely open in my entire life yeah. um, was really nice. Um, like I said, I didn't go on dates with guys in the closet so, because there's no way I would have gotten away with that in Hickory without somebody knowing. Oh, so <laughs> um, I was going to say, I mean, were you, were you the talk of town for a little while? Um, I don't think so. I think that, um, I, I think that I expected a bigger backlash. I do remember, um, some of my old church friends, like specifically reaching out to tell me that they didn't agree with my lifestyle, but they loved me. So yeah, that was, which is just the worst. I'm like, just don't, just don't reach out. Yeah. Right. I don't need, I don't need this like half ass, like, whatever. Right. I don't need, thing like, this is. I don't need you to agree with it at all, but to also just don't say that. Yeah. Just leave me, <laughs> yeah, leave me alone. 
Um, but yeah, but it was, it was good. And then, you know, my second, uh, stint in Europe, um, I knew wasn't forever. Um, and so I came home and, uh, started, um, was not my plan, but I, I got offered a job at a startup company that I, within like inside of Hickory that I kind of really couldn't turn down at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I took that and then a couple months later I, um, uh, met Michael on Tinder. Huh. Um, I mean, th- see, mm. isn't that funny how, you know, you come out finally and look what happens. Your, your life just suddenly gets in order. You, you, you find yeah. a job, you find a boyfriend and, and, you know, full steam ahead. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, we, uh, he was going to Clemson at the time. So, um, I'm like two years older than him. And, uh, so he was finishing up at Clemson. And, um, so I would go and visit him on the how weekend. Far, how far is Clemson from Hickory? It was only like a little over two hours. It was actually a very easy drive. Um, so, and I obviously was going to visit him most weekends because I wasn't going to bring him to Hickory to show him my house. And that was would it. Would you guys go to like it, college parties? And what would you do when you go visit him? Oh yeah. He was in a fraternity. So lots of college parties. Really? Um, wow. You just can't escape the frat boys. Can you? I can't. <laughs> On these big um, college campuses, big college campuses. Yeah. So it was a little weird being 20. I don't know the, a rumor got started that I, in his fraternity that I was 30 at the time. <laughs> um, and so they're like, Oh my God, the 30 year olds here. And oh, I was like, God. Oh, I'm not, I was like, I'm not 30, but also you're like, I mean, like being surrounded by like 17 and 18 year olds drinking for the first time. That was oh, an experience. I was I like, know, woof. going back to college after you've been gone for a little while is just, I mean, nothing will make you feel like you, you know, should be getting a yeah. social security check soon. I know. I'm like, chug- I'm like chugging five hour energies just to stay awake at these parties. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we we met and uh, for, did the distance thing for about a year. Um, once he graduated, he got a job in Charleston. Um, and Charleston's like four hours from Hickory, so still, you know, nothing crazy. He's getting farther um, away. He's getting farther away. So I was like, you know what? It's time to actually leave Hickory. Um, I got my startup job at the time to let agreed to let me work remote. Um, and I moved. And, um, yeah, we didn't live together immediately, but, um, we did a year, I think here, uh, and, you know, just to, you know, we were like, we've been together for a little over a year. We don't have to move in together right now. Um, right. and it was good cause we made, we made friends, you know, based off of where he lived, based off of where I lived. So it was perfect. Um, so it was a good decision. When you say Charleston, um, I think, uh, Southern charm. Now, do you watch... <laughs> Is that offensive uh, to you? Um, it's not. It, it's not offensive. Um, Southern Charms. I'm putting for anybody who's not listening. Southern Charm is a show on Bravo uh, that I love, and I don't. I. I, I I don't feel shame. I, I I watch a lot of crappy reality TV in Southern. You know, that's not even true. I watch a lot of reality TV. I, I'm not going to even call it crappy. I enjoy it and I don't care. Um, no, you have I, to enjoy it. Yeah, but I, I watch Southern Charm, which is a show about uh, just sort of, I don't, I don't know, just life in Charleston, but like sort of like this upper echelon, like uh, high yeah. society elitist sort of like, but they're all just terrible, but I can't turn away. So I guess what I'm asking yeah. is how... How accurate is that? And do you know any of them? <laughs> um, it's not entirely accurate, depending on what, I guess, circle you try to like run in in Charleston. Um, there's definitely a lot of old money um, here yeah. uh, and lots of it. 
Southern Charm Cast typically goes to the only bar in Charleston that has bottle service. And so nobody goes there. (laughs) Um, Or at least nobody I know. I mean, like, we literally joke about that. They have a great happy hour. It's just once it gets dark outside, you don't want to go. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But that's where they hang out. Um, We see them randomly. We actually, um, Michael had some friends in town the other, um, I guess two weekends ago. And we went out to a bar on Sullivan's Island, which is just a part of Charleston. And a couple of the people from the cast were there. Um, they were not film, they were not filming, but they were there. Oh, but Um, I mean, that's even better. I mean, to see them in their natural habitat, just like existing without the existence of cameras is so exciting. I don't remember the name, but one of them, it was a guy, Shep, maybe is that a person? Uh, Of course it was Shep. (laughs) Uh, he like picked up a dog and like ran out of the restaurant with it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and a girl like chased him and I don't know, it was weird. I think he was blackout, but, um, God, he's also like in his 40, like it's all very, they're all older. That's yeah. They're all older and it's just the most bizarre. I've watched, I have watched certain episodes, but I have not like, I don't know anything about the show really. I, I'm sure I've seen more of them walking around and just walked right past them because I really it's wouldn't so know. Good. I lo- it's so good. I love it so yeah. much. All right. Well, I had a lot go- of my friends love it. I had to go on that tangent. Um, oh, of course. Uh, okay. So, so you're both living in Charleston. Uh, I've seen a photo of the moment that you two got engaged, but I would like to hear the entire uh, story behind it. Yeah. Um, so for Mike, uh, you know, Michael and I, or at least I, I'm not going to totally speak for him, but I knew that he was the one very early on in our relationship. Um, I think that I was, I tried not to be like that aggressive with my feelings, but I think like within, I'd say within a year and a half, we talked about, you know, marriage and stuff and, um, you know, just had the conversations, you know, nothing crazy. And I always said that, I wanted to be the one to be asked, you know, like, how do you figure out who asks or whatever? And I was like, people would ask that question. I'd be like, Oh, he's asking me for sure. Um, (laughs) and, uh, he just, he just went along with it. Um, and was like, sure, whatever. I don't care. And, uh, so I, I think, you know, this, uh, we, we moved in together about a year ago. I think like a year, we moved in together on St. Patrick's day last year. Um, just a year ago. Yeah. And, uh, so the summer, so this past summer I was, I don't even really know what happened. I think it was just, you know, we were talking about something and I just, in my mind, I was like, I want to propose to him. I was like, I think that this would be a really big surprise. I think that, uh, just because I'd been so adamant about being the one that was asked and, um, I, I was, I was just like, let's, let's, let's put some, let's figure this out. So, um, I think in, I want to say September, beginning of September, um, I started to try to figure out things. Um, we like to go different places, you know, like we kind of have this like tradition of doing things for our birthday, like for each other's birthdays, like just going to it, not going anywhere crazy, um, like out of the country or anything, but just to a different city for the weekend or something like that. Sure. So I was like, let's try to plan a trip. So I'm like, let's go to Chicago in December. Genius. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you Uh, haven't really experienced, like, cold, cold weather. No, not at all. And so I'm, like, just, you know, praying that it's not, like, a polar vortex blizzard while we're there. Um, But Michael has some very good friends that live in Chicago, so I was kind of in cahoots with them. 
um, for a couple months, just, you know, saying, cause I was keeping the entire thing a surprise, like the trip and everything. Um, and so I was a genius and booked it like three or four months out of when we were actually going. So I had to hold on to this secret for the longest time. Um, and Michael had mentioned that like, just if he were to, I, I may have like dropped an accidental hint or something, but he had mentioned if he wanted, he wanted like his family and friends to be there to celebrate like the engagement, like after it happens. So I'm like, okay, well jokes on you because we're going to Chicago. <laughs> um, but so I just kind of moved forward with the plan. Um, one of Michael's good friends and I were talking and we had, um, I had like his parents and my parents and then like our siblings and our close friends all make like a little congratulations video. Um, and then like one of Michael's friends put it together, um, for me. And, uh, so I could show that to him, you know, assuming that he was going to say yes. (laughs) And, uh, uh, but yeah, so I actually spoiled the trip to Chicago the night before, um, we were talking about pack, we were packing or something. And then he was just like, so annoyed because I just told him it was going to be cold. And (laughs) I just said, he was like, well, when we get there and it's like, Oh, when we get to Chicago and I just blurted out Chicago. So I was like, woof. Oops, I just held on to that secret for like four months and then blew it the night before. <laughs> the night before. Um, yeah, it was great. Um, but, you know, like obviously the biggest surprise was yet to come. Uh, but, yeah, so we um, met up with uh, some of his friends as soon as we got there. And they came to um, this comedy show, the IO Theater in Chicago. Yes. I don't know if you. OK, yeah. So um i had been talking to a great girl um from there for a couple of months and um we were going to one of their shows it was called dreamboat and um it's uh the it's like an lgbt cast everybody in the cast is a part of the community and uh in some way shape or form so i was like well we know it's going to be okay if i was here (laughs) yeah uh, but so they actually just incorporated it into the show. Um, you know, Michael and I really like this comedy club down here. It's just a big improv club. And then we have a lot of fun there. And uh, so I thought it would be cool to kind of do the proposal. It's something, you know, that we both really enjoy. And uh, they got into a part of their show where the, um, like the producer popped on stage and said, we're actually doing a new part of our show where we get to know our audience, which this was all fake. Um it was all, you know, we talked about it prior. And right. so I raised my hand immediately. And it was funny because at dinner, Michael had a discussion about how we were not participators. <laughs> we do not participate. <laughs> and so, of course, I raised my hand and he immediately is like, Mortified. no. Yeah. So I got on stage. They asked me who I was and who I was here with. And I pointed Michael out and they made him get up on stage to his like, this is just like his worst nightmare. Um, <laughs> and uh I had no idea what I was going to say. And so it was literally on me to like keep going. So I black out internally and just say, asked, told everyone we were there for his birthday and asked him to sing him happy birthday. (laughs) So there's these like, and like, you never really know what to do when people are singing you happy birthday. Like, what do you do with your hands? What do you, what I was, you... When, I, when I was flying back from Chicago, uh, coincidentally this weekend, uh, a flight attendant sang happy birthday, but, oh. she, but she did it. She didn't sing like happy birthday. She sang like her own version of happy birthday, like in a real, 
like singing voice. Like she was trying oh. to like show off what a good singer she was. It was one of the worst moments of my entire life. <laughs> I'm cringing just like thinking about it that moment. Un- <laughs> it was unbelievable. But like no. no I had no idea what to do. Yeah, what do you do? Uh, you no, can't get off the plane. No, I mean, believe me, I thought about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, okay, so they're, they're singing happy birthday. Yeah, they, so they finally finish, you know, the longest happy birthday ever. Um, and I start crying. Um, and Because uh, you just, just love birthdays. Because I just love birthdays. And then, I, and then I think he, like, figured it out. Well, obviously, because I just, like... I don't even, I genuinely don't really remember. I'd have to look at the, there's a video of it, but I'd have to look at the video to even remember what I said to him. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he, yeah, he accepted. I mean, um, part of it was, will you marry me? He, I think I said something along the lines of like, you're my best friend. And I was wondering if you'd be my best friend forever or oh, something like that. Okay. I know. I was like, it sounds <laughs> rehearsed, like, but it wasn't. That mean that you're yeah, pre- I know. So I like pull out this ring. I pull out the ring and, um, he says yes, and the crowd like went crazy, which was really like fun to be a part of. And then they actually like incorporated our like little story into the next because it's improv. So they right. incorporated like us meeting on Tinder because they asked where we met, and I said Tinder, and like the entire crowd like did the wave. <laughs> I don't know, like, <laughs> I, they went wild. Uh, they they really ate that up. Wow, but, um, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, so it was great. And then we just had, I did it the first night we got to Chicago because I knew I wouldn't be able to like stand the wait any longer. Um, but it was a great time. I had never been to Chicago. Chicago's um, awesome. Yeah, we had so much fun. He Where'd has you guys family. Go? From, uh, we stayed in Boys Town. Um, of course. And then, uh, yeah, naturally. So I don't remember the names of the place we went. I just remember yeah. going to this place, Ann Sather's. Is that it? Yes, yes. With the cinnamon buns of as course. a side. Yeah. You get a side of cinnamon buns. Like, I just need, I need just all cinnamon buns. Like, I literally, I think I ordered two sides. I think I ate four. Yeah, (laughs) I I lived in, like, suburban Chicago twice growing up and went to most of my high school in suburban Chicago. So I I used to be more familiar with the city than I am now. But, um, yeah, I went back for a wedding this weekend for the first time in forever. And it's it's the best. I mean, it was, it was, it's so funny, though. I'm, because I live in L.A. and have now for so long. I've become such a wimp with the weather. Like, it wasn't even (laughs) that cold. It was probably in the in the 30s maybe like in the even in like the low 40s during the day and i was still just like i I can't handle it anymore yeah i know we got really yeah we got really lucky with the weather the coldest day was the last day we were there and the high was still like 30 so i mean you know yeah that's yeah we got like clean i know i know my our friends that were there were like you are so lucky because this could have been completely opposite for (laughs) sure uh, they were yeah so but it was it was a great trip we had such a good time and um it, yeah so i mean and actually um michael surprised me last weekend and uh told me we were going to a work event and we show up at like this plantation in charleston and um okay. and i'm just th- there's a photographer standing there and he tells us that we need to like go back he was like you need to go that way because that's where the the work event is and i was like why is this asshole photographer like being such a douche (laughs) and uh michael we start walking and then michael's like we're actually not here for a work event and then he gets down on one knee and uh he proposed to me and gave me a ring and um oh my god 
I know, I know. And uh, I had no idea. I was floored. I I think I was even being mean to him, like, right before, because I was like, why don't you know where your work event is? You coordinated this. <laughs> like, how do you not know where to go? And then he's like, uh, he's like, and then we ended up having a, he had, like, won um, this engagement photo shoot, like, through this contest that he apparently entered months ago. Wow. Um, yeah, so we did, we had like a two hour photo shoot. We had our dog and everything. It what was, kind of dog uh, do you have? He's a lab Dane mix. Oh, um, that sounds yeah. fun. Yeah, he is a fun dog. His name is Moose, um, and uh, that fits his personality. He has a he's actually like crying um, because I won't let him. We have like a sunroom at our house, and I won't let him out here. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Moose. <laughs> I hope Moose isn't mad at me. Well, no. I think it's it's pretty it's pretty fantastic to look at you know where you were at you know in seventh or eighth grade and and how tricky all of that was to get to the place where you are now where you know you've been proposed to you've proposed to your fiance you have a dog named Moose you're living in Charleston <laughs> you see the cast of Southern Charm out in public yeah. I and mean, you're living a literal dream life. I, I yeah honestly it really is um, it's. I think I like I think back to um, I think back to those days and I think like, you know, I don't think I would have ever thought, you know, like I literally had a plan when I went to the University of Tennessee that I was going to like be married to a woman and be a teacher and have a baby by like 25. God, can you uh, <laughs> no, I no can't even take to, care of no myself. No offense to the married teachers with babies who are 25. I mean, if, right. if that's what makes None you happy, taken, that like, sounds, if, that's, if that's for you, that's great. But for you, it, it clearly wasn't. God, no, it wasn't at all. And um, I'm just, I'm so glad that I didn't, you know, like I said, I was forcing myself to be a different person. I'm just glad that I didn't, you know, take that last step and, you know, try to marry a woman or something. Um, yeah, I man. think that... Because you see it. I know there are people from my hometown um, that are, you know, were married to women for 20, 25 years, had great kids. And then, you know, now the white or, you know, the woman is a lesbian or the guy is gay. And most of them that I know that are like that, though, are in like happy new relationships. So I'm like, oh, good. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, people people get to wherever they're supposed to go, at least hopefully, uh, you know, however long it takes, you know, some 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 more than others. But. I know. Uh, I, I think I'm happy you got to the other side. Yeah, I think that that's. Um, I actually got you know after I posted my article, had people reach out and asking about you know the coming out process and stuff like that. And I think that the one thing that I mean, I, the one thing that I think I wanted to get out of that article, other than people like like knowing that it's okay, like growing up religious and there, you know, you don't that kind of thing. Cause I think that that's really tough on a lot of people. Cause I think a lot of it is religious based, mm-hmm. um, when they struggle with coming out. Um, but also just like, even if you do have, you know, cause a lot of people are like, my parents wouldn't care. So like, what, what am I so afraid of? And I was like, well, you don't, you know, coming out isn't just for other people. It's like for you. Right. And, um, I think that everybody's coming out process is different. You know, it doesn't matter if you're 15 or if you're 50, you know, I think that everybody has their own journey, um, in regards to coming out and you, you know, like you don't need to rush yourself. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to come out to the whole world if you're not ready, you know, like, cause like you will, you know, you, you will become the person that you want to be when you're ready. Well, listen, I think that's a beautiful place to end this conversation. You said it better than I ever could have. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, you know, thanks, Alex, or thank Alex for your time. This is this has been so much fun. I, I, I yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I love your story, and I think it's going to inspire a lot of people. And you know, I wish you uh, all the best with all your very future uh, exciting plans. When are you getting married? Uh, yeah, we um we haven't set we well I have set a mental date, um, but uh, the it's currently looking at September twenty fifth of twenty twenty. So we're going to have a little bit of a longer engagement, mainly just because weddings are so much money. <laughs> oh, God. I can't even imagine. Well, listen, I, I look forward to getting my invite in the mail. Um, yeah, absolutely. Already, yeah, just send me your address. <laughs> okay. I can't wait. Well, thanks, Alex. Thank, <laughs> thanks for the time. And, and like I said, I mean, I, I think your story is, is very inspiring and, and will uh, uh, in, inspire generations to come. So thanks for taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, man. All right, I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, there it is, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Alec for the time. Uh, fun guy, right? I really enjoyed our conversation. I, I think his story really speaks to the tenacity and, and the courage that it takes to find yourself sometimes. Um, I, I'm very happy for him and, and for his fiance and for Moose. And I really... Uh, expect a wedding invitation. I can't wait. I mean, I'm Charleston in 2020. Maybe Shep from uh, Southern Charm can be my date. I have to manifest that. Of what, like a year and a half maybe to do that? All right, I can do that. I look forward to the invitation in the mail. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you to Alec for the time. Uh, again, guys, it means a lot. Until next time, same team, Daniel Trainer signing off. Bye.